1: Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got <laughs> real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Ben Everill from the PGA Tour, and we are going to go through 18 holes, 18 of our favorite bets for this week's Valspar Championship. But first, a quick review. Benny, uh, obviously, we make fun of you all the time here on the pod. You're the Australian Whisperer and you come from a land down under. And And so, I can't remember. It was so long ago, before last week's Players' Championship. (laughs) I have no idea what we did on the pod last week, but I'm just going to assume because you always take a few Aussies that you had Cameron Smith. So great hit, nice play, congratulations!
2: <laughs> yes, welcome, thanks everybody, thanks for having us again. And uh, yes, yeah, so what a massive week! You can probably hear in my voice that I am still uh, partaking in some of the celebrations with the team Smith after a fantastic players' victory. Um, look, Smithy had not necessarily been trending there at Soulgrass with a bunch of miscuts, but his last start there was at top twenty, and you know he's quietly confident. His mom and sister are in town. He was just taking it loose, and and look what we got. Massive result there. Big win, and wow, sixth in the world now, and, and trending up. And there's a little tournament coming up in a couple of weeks' time that people might want to get on now. Yep. Um, otherwise, they're only going to get worse odds as we go. Yeah, those odds are getting shorter and shorter
1: for a guy who has been top 10 at Augusta National three of the last four years. You know, great win for Cam Smith. Putted the lights out. Uh, I just wish you Australians knew how to party afterwards. I, I just wish you knew how to celebrate <laughs> after a victory. Uh, I say as you're maybe falling asleep uh, while we're doing this podcast, 24 <laughs> hours after the victory. All right, let's get right to it. Our 18 holes for this week at the Val's Bar. I will preface all of this by saying I have absolutely no idea what to expect this week. I'm less confident in the picks this week than I've been in a long time for a few different reasons. First of all, the golf course. Secondly. It's sort of it's an interesting field with a lot of guys big name players who haven't played that much or at all at this event in the past and then I have no idea whether the guys who played well into Monday afternoon Monday evening are going to be so wiped out that they're gone after two days in Tampa or hey maybe they're able to step on the gas pedal it's probably a combination of one and the other so it's just kind of trying to figure out which is which and trying to figure out what we like here so in any case. All that said, first all, first D is all yours, Benny.
2: Yeah, mate, you, you nailed it all there. I mean, how are we going to get this one even close to right? We've got some massive, <laughs> massive names that you'd assume should do well, especially the ones that did miss the cut. But then everybody has to be wiped out, and it's, it's a little tricky course there. But all right, we'll give it a crack, eh? I'll start with a first-round leader, and it's a guy that actually played very well out of nowhere almost last week. And I think he's trending. He's got some absolutely great form there at Copperhead. That's Keegan Bradley. He's 5,000 to be first round leader. He was on the bad weather side of the draw, still finished fifth with the players. And he was, I think, leader or co-leader for three of the rounds. As I said, last, last time we played there at Copperhead before fading fading off. So what I do think is he will start well because he's got the momentum, but he may fade as the tournament goes along a little because of that, as I said, tough, tough week at Sawgrass. But so I'd like him there as a, as a play, um, you know. 5,000 can't really go wrong. Yeah, I think that's a good point on
1: Keegan. No idea what to expect. Again, yeah. runner up at this event last year, fifth last week. On any other week, I'd say, yeah, perfect intersection of form and history. This week, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. All right, I'm going to follow your first hole with uh, a similar tee shot on the second hole. I'll take a first round leader as well. I'm going to go with a, a guy where I'm hoping lightning strikes twice, and lightning certainly struck. Uh, a whole lot of times during the first round last week at TBC Sawgrass, which caused many delays to kick things off and just one of many reasons to have delays over the first few days. But Tommy Fleetwood held a share of that first round lead with Tom Hoagie last week. Tommy's getting there. It's coming back. I'm not so sure I want to invest in Fleetwood right now for four full rounds. I'm not sure he's quite all the way back yet, but I do think he's ready to put together another good 18-hole stretch, whether it happens on Thursday or not. Again, I'm looking for Lightning to strike twice, but he did it last week. Why not go back to the well? Tommy
2: Fleetwood at plus 6,000. That hole for me. Guess what? Fleetwood. I'm with you on Fleetwood, but I'm going in the top 10 market of all okay. things. Okay. 500. Again, not necessarily sure. It's the odds I wanted to see for that, given that he's the tournament debut here. Um, but just, just feel like, as you said, there's just this feeling about he's turning the corner. Um, I would have actually preferred him to take this week off and then maybe get on him in the match play, um, but let, yeah, right. let's just say that I think he's got momentum. I saw a little bit of value there compared to other guys because of the huge names we've got in the tournament. But look, it's a, it's a dart it's throwing a dart at the dartboard with this one, but I just I can just have a feeling the Englishman, like you said, is in for a bit of a good week.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. Again, I, I'm not so sure I want to put my, my full four-round investment in Tommy, but I think top 10's a nice little play there. Hole four, uh, There, like you said, there aren't a whole lot of guys that you can count on here. There aren't even a whole lot of course horses, but Jason Kokrak has been one over the years. Uh, he's, let's see, three wins over the last year and a half total, uh, but he's also had a bunch of really solid results. Here it is, five finishes of 14th or better in the last seven editions of this event for Jason Kokrak. I'm gonna to go top five with a little title contention at plus five hundred for Kokrak this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, I do like that, mate. He was on my short list of guys. I just didn't find a space for him. So um, and again, this this is such a wild card week, isn't it? I'll throw you a long shot then, a long shot winner. And well, actually, this is I'll call this my medium shot, if that makes sense, because he's mm-hmm. not a three not 100 to one or was, he's more like 65 to one. I think you can find him, but that's Cameron Tringali. He's had two third place finishes at this place before. Um, And I'm looking down the board when you have so many good stars that are at the top of the board, I'm trying to find someone in that mid range that just might jump out against them. Uh, He he caught my eye in that 6,500 area. So maybe sprinkle him in a couple of those 40, 20, 10s. And if you want to put a few units at the very top, there could be some value there. I
1: I really like that, Benny, because just three or four weeks ago, Cameron Tringali, if this event had been played, then he would have been half the price. Yes. He was going for 30 to 1, 35 to 1, not very long ago, inside a month ago. So the fact that we can get him at such a big number right now, I think, is a really nice play. It has some value, especially if you uh, hedge it a little bit with some top 10s, top 20s. I'm going to do the same thing with, uh, I've got four guys here for top 20s, and I'll sprinkle a little outright on them as well. I've already done this, but Uh, I've got Johnny Vegas, who a lot of people liked last week. He was in the top 10, dumped two balls in the water, and next thing you knew, you blinked, and he had missed the cut. But he really didn't play that badly other than a few holes. Should be a good course for him. Aaron Wise, and this is sort of like the NFL draft where you look at it and you say, "Ah, I'm just going to take the best player available. I don't really know (laughs) who fits the scheme. I don't really know what position I need, but I'm just going to take some guy because I think he's really good. That's my take on Aaron Wise right now. I think he's underpriced, undervalued. Uh, I think he's going to have some title contentions coming up very soon. This should be a good week for it. Uh, third guy, Mito Pereira, who's dropped on the odds board uh, dramatically, drastically yes. over the last couple of months, even though he really hasn't played bad golf. Uh, he just hasn't quite contended like we thought he would uh, back in the fall when he, when he first started playing tour events. And then the last guy, C.T. Pan, who put up a 69 and then I think a 78, 79 in the bad part of the draw of the players. And missed the cut, but the two weeks before that, he finished sixth and eleventh in his last two starts. So the guy is obviously in some good form. Just hit that bad wave and had one bad round, but other than that, CT Pan playing really nicely right now. So again, outright some top
2: twenties for those four guys. All right, I'm going to keep the keep the uh, roll going, if you will, with long shots, and now go to the actual long shots. Like you've just said, I think you said CT was 140, right? Yeah, one yeah. around that odds. I've got another guy there at about 140 that I don't mind the look of, by the way. Pereira, great move, just like you said with uh, um, Tringali. I think he's moving down the board, which is um, not, you know, not what his talent lies. You know, I think that he's going to come good at some point. But the two guys I looked at, Johnny Vegas, 140 to one, mm-hmm. had a bit of a had a bit of a run there at the players at one point. Um, you know, obviously didn't close it out or, or get to the, the pointy end by the end of it, but he was just sort of sneaking to form, and I got lucky and saw a few of his holes and thought. He's still happy, he's smiling, he's looking like he's ready for something a little yeah. bit bigger. So yeah. one to sprinkle in a little few places. And this is this one is a complete flyer at 200 to one. But it's and it's nothing but feel because I happen to interview him at in-depth and do a big story on him for this week. And that's Brendan Grace, the South African. Yeah. But uh, he is really pumped to get his game back into back into order. He's been sort of trending you know, on the practice paddock, if you, if you will. He's now working with Justin Parsons for the last few months. Before that, he was doing work with just a, just his South African coach over you know FaceTime and Zoom and whatnot. But they're really starting to nail something. And in. and in his practice rounds, when I was with him there at um, at TPC Soilgrass, of he was in a really big match with Louis Ustaus and a few of the other guys, and they were showing some massive skill and 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 good form there. And I just I just think he's ready to unlock that soon. And while we've got him at two hundred to one, hey, let's have a little sprinkle.
1: I really like that. I mentioned him in my preview as well. I'm not ready to go all in, but a little sprinkle for an outright. He's certainly has that win equity. We know that Brandon Grace has and can be a world-class player. He can put it together for four rounds at, at any time. All right, eighth hole. I'm going to go with the top 10 play here on a guy that I think has tremendous value this week, Lonto Griffin, another guy who missed the cut. This is kind of a theme for me this week going after some guys who might be a little more well-rested guys missed the cut last week. Lonto missed the cut, but he made the cut in nine straight going into last week. So he's got a pretty high floor, does have – a decent ceiling as well. He can play some really good golf top 10 plus 900. That feels like a really big number for yeah. just getting onto the leaderboard next week for Lonto Griffin. So I like that a lot. All right.
2: Finish us out with the last hole in the front nine. All right. Okay. Let's all, I've been doing sort of the long shots. So I'll go in hide into the, the top five and keep it with another South African Louis. Oesthuisen, I'm going to go with in the top five. It's not, you know, not a huge number plus three fifty. Mm-hmm. but look, Again, he's a guy that we've talked about. Usually goes close to winning without winning. That's so yep. hard to sort of put the money on the win. Yep. But the fact that Cobbett, I'm pretty sure it's something like T7, T16, T2, T8. He has always played well there. Now, I could have gone a bit easier and gone top 10, top 20. But I just think, Louie, he's in a bit of a mood too. He was part of those practice rounds, I said, with Brace that I watched in depth. And he's got a bit of a killer instinct gearing up for the match play, which he does usually play pretty well at. So uh, he's the guy I've gone with there yeah, Louie now playing his home golf at in Ocala, which is not too far
1: from Tampa. Should be familiar with the territory, the terrain there. Uh, all right, that closed out the front nine. We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar. These guys are golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10 and top 40 plays for the Valspar Championship.
3: Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are very excited to be back after an excellent weekend and a bunch of mayhem at the Players Championship. We are going to kick it off in the top placement market for the Valspar. First off, I got Tommy Fleetwood finishing top 20. It is plus 220 on DraftKings. My price was at plus 185 in my model. So just about 35 points of value there. I'm just riding the good form that he showed last week at the Players And he's one of the top 15 in my model's course to fit. He looked great with the irons last week, both on approach and around the green with the wedges. If the putter comes alive just a little bit, I think top 20 is very attainable for Fleetwood at that price. The next one is Matthias Schwab, top 40. That is plus 140 on DraftKings. My price was only plus 110, so just about 30 points of value there. A guy that's really good ball striker and good around the green on the DP World Tour last year from the stats I looked at. And he has gain strokes putting in all U.S. events this season, which I believe dates back to October. He's just an excellent course fit for my model with four top 35 finishes in his last five PGA events. And then Cameron Tringali, my boy, top 40, plus 125 on FanDuel. My price is minus 110, so another 35 points of value there. The form certainly is not there right now, but my model loves a bounce-back opportunity for Tringali who happened to finish third place here last year. He's having some issues off the tee, but he should tear up these par fives. And hopefully, you know, the green and regulation is always great for a guy like Tringali and the quality putting. So if he can figure it out off the tee, I like the buy low here at plus 125 in a relatively weak field here for Cameron Tringali. Spencer, what is on the card this week?
4: Thanks, Nick. It was a quick turnaround for us after the players championship didn't end until Monday night. I am still running numbers on the board and will likely add a few additional placement wagers before we begin on Thursday, but I have five top 40s to quickly discuss with everyone this week. The first wager I want to talk about is Mito Pereira, plus 175 on FanDuel. That is plus 150 DraftKings. Mito has appeared to flip the switch when it comes to his ball striking over his past three contests, averaging 4.3 shots T to green, but it's been a cold putter that has held him back losing 2.23 shots per start. That sort of trajectory is what I am typically looking to find on placement wagers since the ball striking is far exceeding the results and Copperhead should be a venue that enhances all things approach since mid to long iron play will weigh heavily for the field as they try to hit these smaller than average greens. I had this price properly at plus 125. So I think we have about 50 points of value on this particular wager. Moving a little further down the board, a top 40 on Aaron Wise pays plus 130 on DraftKings, plus 120 on FanDuel. And I think there's a ton to like about this play. Wise is the only golfer in this field that ranks inside the top 15 of my upside model that is priced outside plus 115 for a top 40. And we see some of those metrics shine through with his ranking of 12th in both my reweighted weighted tee to green category and total driving stat. Y seems to be back on track after a cold start to the year, and I think you could make a very strong argument that playing this higher than a top 40 is most definitely in play also. I took Jonathan Vegas, plus 150 DraftKings, plus 125 FanDuel. If you go and look through his stats, you will notice a weird trend where he seems to compete better at these less-than-driver courses, I'm not exactly sure the reason for that because his distance and driving should be what enhances his chances weekly, but maybe there is something to be said about the way he can carry his irons off the tee and be left in these proximity ranges for his second shots that are more conducive for him to find success. And then I wrap my card up with two deeper wagers with Adam Svensson plus 180 DraftKings. That's plus 155 FanDuel and Danny Willett plus 230 FanDuel. That is plus 180 DraftKings. Both are top 25 par five scorers in this field. That is something that will be needed since the par fives are more difficult than an average week. Willett is one of the best short game players in the world. Benson is a pristine ball striker that excels from 150 yards and beyond. We have seen him average four shots off the tee plus approach over his last three starts. And I believe we have a situation where both of those numbers are way too inflated this week.
3: There you have it. We got Tommy Fleetwood, top 20. Matthias Schwab, top 40. Cameron Tringali, top 40. Mito Pereira, top 40. Aaron Wise, top 40. Johnny Vegas, Adam Stevenson, and Danny Willett, all top 40. Thank you, Spencer, and we will kick it back to you, Jason, in bed. Good luck to everybody this week.
1: Let's take it to the back nine, Benny. It's my tea, and I, I hear it playing. Our guy, Matt Mitchell, playing in the background. I hear the song. That's right. Dr. Doctor. Give me the news.
3: Doc
2: Redman.
3: He's
1: back. I I don't know that he's fully back. I'm not ready to like put the entire mortgage on him just yet. But Doc Redman played nicely. I believe a a share of 26 place last week. That's enough. That's all I need to jump on a little Doc Redman investment this week. Top 40 on what should be a good course for him. He was 39th here last year, plus 140. You're getting plus money at Doc Redmond. All he's got to do is finish in the top, what, 25% of the field, and, <laughs> and he's going to cash that bet for you. I like that this week. All
2: right, where, where am I at? We're at the 11th hole? 11th all. All right. Uh, I seem to be going with guys at sort of long odds mostly for the week, and I'm going to go there with the top 40 as well. Random, 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 but coming out of Monday qualifying. Ooh. Barn rat. Why not? He's going to have a big crack at a top 40 and at plus 400, I think he can get there. He um, obviously played well in the qualifier. He's he's an international star from a few years back that has fallen sort of down down the list over the recent times. But we had someone out there at Monday qualifying who said, fine, guys, they're on the grind and not that happy to be there or whatever, but apparently he's all happy. Still got all his fast cars and good watches and whatever else, and and he's ready to rumble when it comes to the the big event. Take his chance while he's got it. So why not the Barn Rat four hundred? I don't mind that. By the way,
1: he always gets off to a fast start. You always you wake up, you're kind of doing some things like nine fifteen in the morning. Hey, let me check the leaderboard. Affy Barn Rat three under through four, and you're like, man, I should have taken that guy. It usually doesn't <laughs> hold up. I don't know about first round leader, and and usually a lot of these books only have it for the bigger events but if you can get a top five after the first round or a top 10 he after is. the first round lug love, love afi Barnard Top 40 four, four top 40s
2: get on him there you go
1: there you go i like that too okay you got me uh hole 12 uh dustin johnson is coming off a 63 on monday and again uh some of the guys uh I- i'm looking at guys who missed the cut to play well this week and others I, dj didn't really grind for four days it's not like a Keegan Bradley of Victor Hovland who were kind of, they were in the mix the whole time. They burned a lot of physical and mental energy. I, I don't think Dustin Johnson burned a whole lot of mental energy in his 63 final round. Uh, he's, he's starting to turn it around a lot right now. He's plus 165 in a three ball over Matt Fitzpatrick and Sam Burns. And going to talk a little more Burns in a minute, but I, I do like him to take those guys down. I think that's a pretty good number right there on draft case.
2: Love it, love it. All right, Mark, I'm going to go into a like the nationality markets, if you will, and as a top okay. rest of the world, I think DraftKings call it all. But that what what that means to me is top international team eligible players. Sure, so not your Americans and not your Europeans, but anyone that could potentially be in the international Presidents Cup team. <laughs> now, I've already picked Louis Oosthuizen for the top five, but I know that some people won't love him for that. So, if you're one of those. And you don't love Louie and you don't want to put him in there because he's the favourite in this market. Then Abraham Answer at 450 and Adam Hadwin at 1200 are two very good options to look at. So if you're not that keen on Louie and you think that he might not be the best of the international mob, keep an eye on Abraham Answer, who, who was in the mix at Sawgrass and is a ball striker supreme in getting into some form. And Hadwin, who sneakily had won mm. this tournament before, is one that might surprise Keep it on there. I like that. Okay.
1: 14th hole. Uh, I've I've got something with answer here as well. I, I just really like the number on this, and it's four guys that I don't mind any of them. It's not like, well, I'll do it, but I don't really like one. A top 20 parlay. So they've all got to finish top 20. Yep. Jason Kokrak, who I've mentioned already, and I like him. Keegan Bradley, obviously playing really well. Bubba Watson, who I Benny, I'll admit I didn't realize has. As good a record at Innisbrook as he does, he's played really well on this golf course. Yeah. And Abraham Answer, who you just mentioned, all four to finish somewhere inside the top twenty at plus forty five hundred. That's forty five to one. That feels like a really good number for those four guys.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah, I saw those markets, and I, and that's probably the the one that does have the value. Because I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I'm not. I haven't picked any of these big names right in the tournament this week. You haven't heard me say the real top guys. And really that's just because they're all such low numbers. Yeah. And I just don't know what's going to happen when they turn up. Then we could see a Colin Morikawa go out and shoot 65 four times and streak away. Sure. But we we can't guarantee that because of what happened last week. So when I looked at the ones that had Thomas, Hovland, Morikawa, Schoffler, I'm like, yeah, they could all win. But it was like 500 or 600 for top the four of them to be in the top 20. I can't make that commitment. But the one that you've got, I, I really do think it's the, the best value that you can get out there. So, yeah, well done.
1: Yeah, we really haven't mentioned it. It seems like you and I are going the same direction here, but I'm I'm essentially fading the superstars. Look, if JT is going to burn me this week, he'll burn me. Morikawa, Hovland, uh, I've got a little DJ investment. Uh, Xander Shoffley's up there, Brooks Koepka. If those guys play their best golf this week, okay, you know what? Uh, Good on them, you win, I lose. But uh, if it's not one of those guys, I've got a, a lot of investments further down the line. I think there's some really good, bigger numbers out there.
2: Yeah, and this, I'm going to go to my top 20 here for my 15th hole. And I just mentioned him um, a hole ago, but the Canadian, Adam Hadwin, I think 250 uh, in, a, in, in this is potentially possible. He has some weeks that are just horrific, but he has others that are great. And, and I'm going to go with a bit of uh, faith, if you will, in the Canadian here that he can get that done. Again, in a, in a tournament full of stars, uh, I feel like some of them, a lot of them may not fire. I'm going to look at him to make the move there.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's a nice play. By the way, uh, Len Hockberg on the other edition of the Links and Locks pod that we do uh, break down the DFS uh, salaries every week. He mentioned Nick Taylor, who's not only Canadian like Hadwin, but has a a similar game to Hadwin yes. and has been playing really well. Somehow didn't get into the players last week, but he's got a nice record. I, those are a couple of guys that I would look out for this week. All right, hole 16. I just mentioned that I'm fading a lot of the guys at the top. And one name I didn't mention I'm going to mention here is the defending champion, Sam Burns. I don't want this to be any sort of, you know, anti-Burn sentiment. He's one of my favorite young players. I'm going to like him when we get to Augusta in a few weeks at his first Masters for a few different reasons, but he looked like he wanted to get off the golf course on Monday afternoon. He looked like he'd rather be anywhere else this week. My guess is if it was any event other than the place where he had won for the first time last year, he would not be teeing it up. I can't imagine he's real motivated to go back to Tampa. A lot of media responsibilities and other responsibilities on you when you go back as champion. Sam Burns to miss the cut, plus 275 this
2: week. I'm going to smash that number. Uh, you know what? Sam Burns was paired with who in the final round? Oh, that's a sounds Cameron like a Smith, Smith Cameron and, Smith yeah. and Paul Casey. Paul Casey. Yep. Paul Casey is WD'd after winning this tournament a few times this week. Won't join. Sam Burns looked exactly like you said. I watched every shot that guy hit because I was watching Cameron Smith, obviously, mm-hmm. go around that course. He spent a lot of money in that final mm-hmm. round with just not having his swing at all. He lost it completely. He, yeah. he was It he was spraying it everywhere. And you are 100% right about all the, the um, commitments and whatnot. I, I, I do feel that he probably would have taken this week off had he not been. He, he just uh, looks 10. like he wants to be somewhere else right now. And you can't do it. I mean, uh, good on
1: him for... Uh, you know, waking up Tuesday morning and saying, well, all right, guess we're going to Tampa. I don't yep. really have a choice. I got to be there. They're expecting me. My, my face is on some billboards around Tampa. I've got
2: to show up, but you know that deep inside, he's probably like, uh, I could, I could use a week. Yeah. And look, what, what, what happens here, folks, is it's not that he's not going to try. Look, he's going to go out there and give it a crack and maybe his natural ability has him right up there early. Um, but I think uh, it's a good, good decision to have a look at the market that you've, uh, you've highlighted there. One of the ones that I never really go into, given <laughs> I love all the players on the tour. So we're at hole 17. We are. Uh, so I'm going to give you my outright. Again, it, I have every ch- It's every chance that those huge names we mentioned get in there and, and finish one, two, three, four, and I look like a goose, and you look like a goose, and, and that's the way it is. And if that happens, I- good on them. I think I know where you're going when I, I mentioned the name earlier and you gave a little,
1: you gave, you gave a little something. I I, I'll leave it quiet. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down right here. And and I'm going to see if I get it right. I'll let you announce it, but I'm going to see if I have it right. I've got written down on the card. All right. Who are you going with for your favorite
2: outright? I don't know. I don't know if it'll be that guy, but the one I'm looking at is an Englishman, Matt Fitzpatrick. 25 to one. So is that who we've got? Oh, uh, I thought you were going
1: bubble Watson. You said I was going to bubble I, I, I thought you and I are on the same wavelength, and where yeah. you know I can read your mind, and I'll uh, forget. It. All right, guess who my questions. other one that was?
2: I've just I, you know what I've realized, and this is this is clearly the case of when when um I'm doing things on the fly off the off the end of what was let's just say an almost all night party. um If you look at all my picks, there's very little American on there. I seem to have gone yeah. for a, a lot of European, international, and not even an Aussie. I mean, it's crazy. But I really like Fitzpatrick as an elite ball striker in this field. He got the bad end of the draw. Um, I thought he was going to be a real good choice last week. He let us down in that in that regard. But tough side of the draw. I think he can rebound. Playing with his brother. Brother's there this week. Um, mm-hmm. He's excited to do well. They've got some good vibes going. Uh, and the other one I was looking at there, as I said, that I went away from was Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, sure. Although I kind of think he's trending to match play as well, where he's had a little bit of success before. But because Hatton's like... Uh, hasn't played that many rounds on tour, but the ones he has is like leading the fields in the tour in stroke game putting. I, 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 a good skin. week.
1: He's only played here once before, missed the cut, but I think it could yeah. be a nice one for Hat. And I'm essentially, as I've been doing throughout the pod, Benny. I, I'm chasing numbers this week. Yeah. So instead of just hey, you know what, I'm going to eat the chalk and I'm going to take JT or Hovland or Morikawa. It's I, I'm looking down the list. I'm looking for some win equity. And I landed on a guy who's coming off a missed cut, but again, like so many of the others we've talked about, he just had the bad side of the draw prior to that in the other two Florida events, he had finished top five in each probably should have won at Bay Hill, Gary Woodland for an outright this week at a place where he's won before. Granted, it was 11 years ago. His last six starts, he's got nothing inside the top 40. So it's one of those. Yeah, he's got great course history. He One, eh, he's got bad course history. He hasn't done anything in half dozen years, but I do think he's trending in the right direction. He looks confident once again. He's swinging it well. That number has dropped precipitously, Benny. he opened at seventy to one. He's now down in some markets to fifty to one, but I still think it's a nice play. Hopefully, he got in on Gary Woodland a little bit earlier. I know I did, but fifty to one, I still think is a pretty good number on him,
2: yeah, you're not bad. Look, as you said, the the fact that the numbers are coming in I mean, it's not just you thinking that way, so, um, that's always something to keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, man, I think we we may have nailed this one. We've, we've done okay, given that, as I said, it could we could go zero for 18 pretty easily, or we could go 18 for 18 the way this week is. Just a quick shout-out for an extra sort of 19th hole. I wasn't gung-ho enough to put it on him. Uh, Jason Day still coming off um, the bad news of his mother. He actually played really well in the first round at the players' three-under. Yeah. Yep. Then got the bad side of the draw. I think he had a 78, missed it by one. He's 99th in the world. He loves the match play. He's in the field at Tampa, trying desperately um, to make a move, but I think it's too late. I think um, that that has burned him out, but he wants to get into the, uh, what is it? The masters by the end of the top 50 he has to make a move. So I think he's motivated to to do something. I am just not sure he can keep that run going.
1: Interesting play right there. Okay. Uh, Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening. Reminder, you can find the Links and Locks podcast anywhere. You find your favorite podcast, download, subscribe, listen to us every single week here on the Links and Locks pod. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your Valspar Championship bets this week. Here's hoping you guys hit the green.